Can't even hear that without imagining the sound, the sounds that happen right afterwards. The waka waka waka. Hey, this is Steve Spears, your co-host for Stuck in the Eighties. I'm sorry, I'm too busy making the Pac-Man sound. And this is Gina Vivanetto, TBT columnist. We're off to a strong start as usual. <laughs> what are we talking about today? Steve? Today we're going to talk about technology, technology. of the eighties, our favorite decade and our favorite pastime. So we're going to cover personal computers. Uh, All kinds of stuff. CDs games. invented in the 80s. Sure. And, and big clunky car phones. And Love them. All Game kinds Boys, of stuff. Walkmans. Mobile phones. Everything. Right. Everything ever that ever mattered ever right. was invented. Of course, because it was the 80s. <laughs> the 1980s. And don't tell me that, oh, it was around from the 1950s. No, it didn't get popular until no. the 80s. No. Because we rule. That's right. And and we didn't need to uh, um, progress or develop or, 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 or have anything newer after the 80s right. because we were just fine well, with what we had then with the Sony Civilization Walkman. pretty much ended after that anyway. <laughs> That's right. As soon as grunge music started, I, I stopped paying attention. That's right. So what we we wanted to uh, jump right on the whole computer thing, and it's worth pointing out that in the 80s is, is when we got personal computers for ourselves. We didn't have to bring home those gigantic HAL-type computers from, like, um, Open no. the pod pay door. Right. Oh, oh. Open, open the door. <laughs> open the door, HAL. But we, um, no, I mean, before then, we only had right. gigantic wall computers and things at, at work. But now, for the first time ever. Do you remember your first home computer? I, you know, I was one of those really square, no. weird, unfortunate kids that, that didn't, didn't really. No, nah, man, I didn't get one till way later. I had one. I had a Texas Instruments ninety nine four A. I had like a speak and spell or something. <laughs> well, it, <laughs> like, it had about the same amount of uh, memory as my computer. My kids, my parents didn't push computers on me. They didn't know. They didn't know from computers, Steve. We were very really? unfortunate, I'm poor sorry. Italian, you know, lower <laughs> middle class I'm family. Sorry. We I can't even joke good. about that. No, we no. Didn't. I mean, I barely got to college. We didn't have anything like that. We had a. I had a. I had a TI ninety nine four A, and to uh, load a program, you had to connect a tape recorder to it. Then put your little tape in there, and then it would take 30 minutes to load up the most simple program. And you prayed to God that it would actually load the first time so you didn't have to sit there for another 30 minutes and wait for your program to load. That was the first computer I had. That's awesome. Yeah. I remember I would go to my friend's house, and they, they would have those really cool um, Apple Macs, you know, those long tower thing, the very first kind of Macintosh home computers. The oh, the, just the Macs. Yeah, but they had the tiny little screen on oh, it. Yeah, and you just could, the yeah. Oh, yeah, just the 1984. Those were the coolest. That was, yes. for, that, was, that was probably what changed personal computing forever. Certainly made a legion of fans for the Macintosh people versus the PC people. Oh, yeah. Do you, and remember, I would, I do you would, remember how they were introduced? Do you no. remember how the, the big splash with Macintosh? No. Big TV commercial during the Super Bowl of, what was it, 1984, 1983? They paid, what, about a million dollars to air this commercial introducing Macintosh. They only had enough money to air it once. So oh, if, you, wow. if you didn't see it then, you never saw it. Of wow. course, you could see it on the Internet now. Yeah. Um, well, and then, you know, I was one of those kids I would watch all those old computer movies, Tron and War Games and everything, ah, and I favorites. would see those kids clicking away at keyboards and think, wow, how do you do that? What is that? I want hackers and all that kind of stuff I thought was the most fascinating thing in the world, especially for a poor, underprivileged child like myself who, were, who didn't yeah. have fancy computers you like you, Steve. <laughs> I didn't have fancy. Nobody had fancy computers. I'll tell you a funny story about Tron. When Tron came out in 1982, it was a, it was a pretty strange movie. It's all d- done di- you know sort of digitally with cartoons in the background. Um, I remember I was even interviewed after the uh, movie came on by the local TV station. I think it was Channel Forty Four. They were asking what I thought of it and stuff. 
But um, I went home and I was so impressed with the idea that there, that there could be this master control program that was in charge of everything. That, but at the time I didn't have a computer, so I, <laughs> as lame as I am, I sat down with my parents' um, typewriter, electric typewriter, and typed out what I imagined computer programming would be like Aww, if this was a real computer. That's so geeky. So I, and I used to, I know, I used to have these little pages that says, I am the master control program. I can do anything. In fact, I, I was so impressed. The sound of that computer, the master control pro- program is so ominous. I think we've got a clip from that movie. Let's listen to the master control program, my hero. I've got a little challenge for you, Sark. A new recruit. It's a tough case, but I want him treated in the usual manner. Train him for the games. Let him hope for a while. And blow him away. See, isn't that great? That's awesome. I know. I just I love that. Like, I am the master control. So anyway, that was <laughs> Tron. Sort of got me into it. Then the next year, War Games came out. I don't think anybody even knew at that point that you could have a computer that could dial up anything and hack into a network and change your school grades. Oh and, no, I no mean, way. That was like what? No. And it, it started a whole incidentally um, War Games and all those kind of movies and hacking started a whole underground that eventually became very popular kind of sci-fi literature you know uh william gibson i think is the guy's name who a lot of people really really dig this guy's books he writes all about hacking and things like that but anyway back to war games and that was your whole shtick and uh, i loved war games and uh, of course it's got our hero matthew broderick in there here's some here's something funny because you know we matthew broderick's probably best known for ferris bueller sure but uh, if, you <laughs> if he did anything after the 80s, we don't want to know about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. What did he do that I really liked after the 80s? Election was good. Yeah, oh, yeah, Election's a good I love that movie. And but he married that other broad from the 80s, yeah. Jessica Parker. Oh, that's right. I'm trying to think if they were ever in a movie together, but I don't think they were. She did some TV show after the 80s that apparently was pretty popular, uh, yeah, but I, I only know her from Square I can't afford cable. <laughs> so anyway, in, a, in War Games and Ferris Bueller, there's one thing they have in common. In both movies, um, Matthew Broderick hacks into his school computer and changes his records. In uh, War Games, he changes his grades. In Ferris Bueller, he changes the number of days he's been absent. Right. Because it's no longer nine times. Right. <laughs> and then um, and in both movies, his mother plays a real estate agent. Oh, interesting. I know. Interesting it's only, I would, only I would know Steve's something that's... Steve's good for just minutia and interesting trivia. Exactly. But again, as I pointed out last time, look, we, we make a living off this. Right. I now. just earned $10 off those two trivia There questions. you go. <laughs> so, all right. Um, more really cool stuff invented in the 80s. Remember the Sony Walkman? How could we forget? It was the greatest invention. We could walk around the block listening to music we could do all kinds of stuff we could sit on the bus going to the mall listening to music you could take music out of your house put it on your your head and do all your own music though i mean it didn't have to be the radio anymore right. you could you could make cassette tapes cassette tape tapes, tapes and tapes were big in the sit 80s. and listen to them and rewind them and take forever but um apparently you know we made the the sony walkman was invented around uh late 79 early 1980 and apparently the sal- the sales of um Cassette tapes uh, like skyrocketed for a little while there. I mean, cassette tapes were just—it was very, very cumbersome working with cassette tapes. It took so long to rewind and fast forward and all that. As, as do we, you still use any? Uh, very rarely. Only, think... only when I have to like I have old cassette tapes like of shows of bands I was in and stuff, and I'll have to like do. It, it's so aggravating now to go back and right. tape from tape to tape. I don't even know if my car has a 
audio cassette player in it. And I don't think it does. Here's something interesting. When um, the Walkman first came out, it cost 150 bucks. Wow. Can you imagine that? I mean, can you imagine today going, oh, Mom, can no. I have 150 bucks? Can you believe it? I used to now, a lot of these stories from the early 80s, because I had an older brother, John, who was almost five years older than me. Most of these inventions bring back vivid memories of stealing all of my brother's things because, you know, in 1980, I was just a kid, but my brother was already like a teenager, so I would steal his Sony Walkman, steal his cassettes, you know, and go around and, you know, walk the dog or whatever, listen to his things on cassette and, uh, you know, uh, uh, steal all of his stuff, That all these really great inventions. So I'm looking at all these little inventions and thinking, my poor brother, you know, all the, all the stuff he had to deal with when, when I was rifling through his room and he'd have to come home and ask me where all of his things were. I'm looking, you know, of course, Atari. You know, everybody had an Atari 2600. I had, Atari. I had a Pong that I had. <laughs> Pong the, was a lot of I fun. Pong. Every time I bring up video games and I talk to my parents about Atari, they're always like, well, we bought you a Pong before that. So yeah. it's like I have to give a shout out to them for buying me the Pong. Yeah. But I had Atari, the 2600. I think um, I think it, one of my friends had an Intellivision. Sure. And when Atari was kind of losing its popularity... That what came out in 1985 changed everything. Nintendo. Nintendo, that's right. Man, had, it had the most awesome graphics. I had Nintendo. And uh, Super Mario Brothers and Donkey Kong got, got so, 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 so popular that a um, couple years later, 1989, now we're getting to the end of the, the decade, the Game Boy. That just changed everything. A little portable Game Boy, handheld version of Nintendo. See, if you'd made me guess about when the Game Boy came out, I would have guessed 1999. No. But you say 89? 1989, wow. dude. That's, did you own one of those at least? I did not. No. Well, we didn't have Nintendo no, no either. My family system? was very poor, Steve. <laughs> you know, you're repping salt. I'm sorry. Well, you, but, you're, you, I don't know. Not, it's not everyone's cup of tea. I understand. No, we that. did have Atari, though. We, I, and there was a funny story about Atari. My mother wanted to buy Atari for us very early on when it first came out. We were on the cutting edge of Atari, though. And um, she wanted to buy it for us for Christmas. She had already bought my brother and me a lot of really nice Christmas gifts. My father said, no, no, you know, no more stuff. Can't buy any more stuff. And um, she bought it for us anyway, wrapped it up. I put my dad's name on it, and when he opened it up, my dad, dumb guy, I love him. He's at my house right now, actually. I love him. He was so thrilled to have this big present for himself. He had already told my mom if she couldn't buy it for us. He said, you know, to Tommy, and he opened it up. She got him all these little Atari games. Frogger was one of them. I think she got him and stuff. And he sat around all the time on the living room floor playing his own Atari game, playing Frogger. He thought it was so great that he got his own Atari game. And she would laugh with us behind his back, like, see, you guys got, your kids got the Atari. So, so you were allowed to play then? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. But it was his game. I mean, he just knew Could he that beat you at Frogger? He thought it was so great that my mom bought him Atari. Could he beat you at Frogger, though? No, but was he it, would laugh so hard every time the, the frog died when it got squished because it made, like, a little funny sound. And he sound. would laugh and laugh and laugh. That was so funny. Were you, into, were you into video games a lot back then? Like, the kind of you would go to the arcade and play? I would go to Aladdin's Castle. At, at, at Tyrone. No, that time Oh, was they had one at Countryside was, yeah. Mall, too. And I would go and play there all the time. I what did was your like favorite? It. It Do you remember? Fun. I would play a lot of, well, Ms. Pac-Man oh, at the time. It was very cool for the chicks to play. I got a pocket full of quarters and I'm headed to the Caterpillar. I like. I like Galaga. I liked. Um, that was a good one. Centipede, all that kind of stuff. But then you know when those really, really tricked out cool ones like Tron came out, I, I I dug all that stuff. I was really a sucker for the sitting in the sitting in the uh, machine kind. Anything. Yeah, where you but that cost you like that cost you like two quarters. Yeah, two quarters. What the heck? When they started getting up yeah. to a dollar, I was like, this is nuts. You know, this is. 
it's either a couple games of this or the movie. Right. You know, my parents gave me a lot because like, back then I the movie was a whole two dollars. Yeah, I can't go yeah. see like you know, a Pretty in Pink, you know, or something. So. Nineteen eighty-six. Yeah, I can remember those years. Nineteen eighty-five, compact discs. I didn't know it was that early. Oh yeah, because I, I remember the first one I ever bought was um, <laughs> it was Duran Duran. <laughs> It was Arena. Isn't that the one that that's a live CD yeah, of theirs? Arena. Not their best one. No, I know. Of all it's the ones to buy. It's hard for me to disparage Duran Duran, but Arena was, it was kind a stupid of choice. Compact Disc, nineteen eighty-five. Um, I would say probably one of the very best inventions of the eighties. Uh, but but a lot of people would disagree with me here. But I mean, it just so much better than cassettes. So much not better than vinyl, though. But I, I still miss vinyl. I still miss the big beautiful beautiful album covers and things like that but cassettes Liner man, we, notes. we were going in a bad way sure with cassettes. i think it was 1983 i think it was the year when cassette sales finally eclipsed album sales like i read that somewhere this morning and I, I thought that's sad i mean i remember cassettes being they were better than eight tracks but they were not better than vinyl and i was i was sad to I, see miss vinyl vinyl. I can still remember going to record and tape outlet in dunedin that was my place i'd go there every week as soon as i got my paycheck and like blow it all on van halen and Billy Idol and Wang Chung. Oh, yeah. Now, I remember my first compact disc was actually, um, again, I was with my older brother, and he was driving then. I was too young to drive. We pulled into a gas station, and we saw a CD laying on the ground. It was a compact disc, and it was Van Halen's Diver Down. That's we a good so album. Excited. No, but we picked it up. And uh, we picked it up, we opened it up, there was a CD, and we thought, who would throw this away? Who would throw this away? We didn't know anything about CDs yet. And we flipped it over, it was scratched beyond belief. Oh, no. Heinous. We we couldn't use it. And, of course, (laughs) we didn't have anything to play it on, but we took it home anyway because we thought, we own a CD. It was really early (laughs) on. We were like, we own a CD. And we, like, you know, we'd never even, like, held one before. We took it home and, like, showed it to our parents and stuff. It was Diver Down. It was such a great album. But, uh, you know, I do own it on CD now, as well as every other Van Halen CD with David Lee Roth. Do you really? Oh God, I, yeah. I can't imagine. And Are you, you mock you mock me for the Journey and the Prince, and because yet you Journey own every sucks. Van Halen album. <laughs> but no, I I do own Journey's Greatest Hits, but I own every single Van Halen album with David Lee Roth. I can't stress that enough. I own absolutely not one with the other man whose name. Did you ever get a chance? To, did you ever get a chance to see him live? I saw they did that tour. Um, they did a tour David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar together. Where they each sang two, you know, two separate sets, and they both sang their own Van Halen song separately. But I never saw Van Halen with David Lee Roth, no. But and it wasn't a Van Halen tour; it was two, it was them both doing separate sets. So they each sang Van Halen songs, but not with the band. It wasn't the same, so no. Let's take a short break here, but before we do, I'm going to shoot off a trivia question for our listeners, all three of you. Here we go. In the movie Tron, David Warner plays the uh, evil Ed Dillinger. Slash Sark, but um, it was actually a famous English actor who was originally slated to play that role. Uh, think about who that is, and we'll be back in a couple of seconds. I'm um, I'm going with uh, Sir Lawrence Olivier. <laughs> Sir Lawrence Olivier in in uh, Tron. Yep, absolutely. That's no, my guess. no, it's 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 actually a fair guess though. The answer is Peter O'Toole. Peter O'Toole, his big blue eyes. He did. Why He's, didn't he do don't it? Don't you love Lawrence of Arabia? I I, I have that on DVD. I love that. That wasn't made I, in the eighties. Eighteen eighties. <laughs> no. And, no, he didn't want to do it. 
he was he really wanted to do the movie, but then he pulled out after he found out he was going to be acting against a blue, blue screen. screen. It would compete did, with those big blue eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Looked like they'd be like little empty holes in his head. Right. So oh, now, that's too bad. So, he but no, been great in you that. think? I don't know. No, maybe not. He's too classy, classy of an actor for Tron. But I appreciate He's a the very uh, interest. Handsome man. Um, what year was Tron made? Is, in 1982. I would have guessed earlier. I would have guessed 79 or 80. Hmm. There you go. You learn something okay. every day. Um, cordless phones. Early, early cordless phones were invented in 1980. Sweet. And then commercially, AT&T started selling them in 1983. Did you have any kind of cool cordless uh, phone when you were walking around your house. This is not cell phones, by the not way, for phones. you young, young ah. people listening. You know, I want to say that cell phones. I mean, it's hard to no. believe that there are young people out there who don't know of a life without cell phones. My, my parents' idea of a cordless phone was, was handing you a quarter and saying, no, "Call me at the mall." Their from the idea pay of phone. a cordless phone was <laughs> buying a phone and then buying a fifty-yard-long cord for it. I mean, yeah. our whole house was just nothing but cords going cords, back cords, and forth. So, I mean, it was it's not so much cordless as it was chock full of cord. Right. When we're talking about cordless phones, kids, we're talking about there used to be a time in your home where you had phones with amazingly long cords. and You actually had to stand up by... This is something like a rotary phone kind of thing that yeah, you... Yeah, it's going right over the Never mind. It's listeners. a concept that you guys don't even understand. Just be glad you don't. Just be glad you don't. And now, so along those lines, like cordless phones were invented in the 80s for our homes where we could walk around the house without a big cord on the phone. And then... Uh, you know, you could buy those. It was a big thing in 83. I mean, we didn't get one at our house for a few more years after that. You could walk around the house with your phone, not a huge, huge cord on it, and that was very, very exciting. We didn't have anything like cell phones, but we did have pagers by the time. I don't know about if you, you were a few years ahead of me in high school, but my friends started to get little really? pagers toward the end of high school where you could be paged and then go to a phone and call yeah. someone. We didn't have cell phones, but you could get no. a page, you know, do, 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 I got a call, you know, nope. Moondoggy back, he just called me. I have, no <laughs> good, I have no good, and then Wendy from Prince paged me stories. Oh, okay, right, right, Sorry. right. Sorry. Right, yeah, so... um we did have cool things like that. And uh, another thing invented in the mid-80s, 1986, those, you know you know this little, um, for people, <laughs> this is another crazy thing. We, we didn't have digital cameras and stuff like that. Um, but those neat little disposable cameras. The little cardboard yeah, ones? Yeah, those little cardboard those things. Those were invented in I still buy those. Those were invented oh, in Those are great for vacation. Yeah, like if you're on yeah, vacation, you're I like, oof, I forgot the digital camera. Nah, so you go buy one of those. I have a nice digital camera and I hardly ever use it. invents... Um, Kodak invented a digital camera in 86, but I don't think anybody was really able to get a hold of that. But yeah, I don't think the technology was quite there to support. No, and it, was probably, it probably cost like, you know, $8,000. Yeah, just like my computers back then. But here's something we all had, though. Even those poor, underprivileged uh, Italian-Americans like my family, they did buy me one of these in 1980, a Rubik's Cube. Not exactly a, a great technological advancement that improved all of our lives but it was invented by this hungarian dude or no rubik he was an architect he was an architectural professor actually i don't know that he ever like built a house or anything but he did make the rubik's cube and it boggled the minds of millions because books on how to solve it basically uh boggled the minds of millions of americans because our problem solving skills were so bad right (laughs) so um what they did do which um, was very interesting is so many books were written about it and so many like um, computer programs and stuff were written about this because as a nation we were so dumb basically I don't yeah, know like not much has changed not much has years. changed they could make another like, little Rubik's Cube thing. remember after the Rubik's Cube thing though they made that like kind of circular one what was that called I don't it was know. like called the 
I, I, I think I owned a the Rubik's Cube. The circle Rubik's Cube. I, think, I, owned, I owned a Rubik's Cube, and I think I was able to solve maybe two sides at once. That yeah. was it. I mean, I would like put two color light colors together one time. Yeah, that <laughs> like, was it. I mean, I no, lost my but patience. They, with after that. that, though, it started this kind of trend of little dumb games like that, and it just made us all feel really stupid. So we chucked them all after a while. Yeah. Like, Let's get a Game Boy. <laughs> I'll tell you, now, here's here's the watershed moment for me of the '80s: VCRs. VCRs are great, and, and everyone who knows me knows that I watch way too many movies. And I used to watch them all on v- videotape. Now, of course, I watch them all on DVD. But dare we say they're all classics? They're all classics. <laughs> and I can still remember we bought our first um, VCR player back in the early '80s, and we the first two movies that we rented were Urban Cowboy and Caddyshack. Classics, both of them. Dare I say classics? Yes. And I still own. I don't think I, I think I have Caddyshack on tape still, and I have um, Urban Cowboy on DVD actually, and it's not by choice. I didn't buy it; it, came, it was part of a John Travolta three pack, oh. and I wanted uh, Saturday Night Fever in Greece. Yeah. So, but so those were the first two I rented. Did the, you have Betamax before VHS? No, I remember when we went to buy the VCR, we sat there and we the salesman talked us out of Betamax. What was I, Betamax exactly? And I hate to put they you were on smaller. The spot. They were like VCRs, but they were like smaller tapes. Oh, okay, I, okay. They. And for a while there, they were going neck and neck in VCRs, strangely. I have to say, even though I love the One. 80s so much, a DVD is, uh, and a DVD player is quite an improvement on the 80s VHS. Well, except for these still don't. Do, you, do they have DVDs now that you can record from TV and it's cheap and all? I mean, oh, that was the thing with I'm VCRs. Sure do, I mean, every, every decent movie I used to have back in the day was stuff I would tape straight off a cable. Right. I mean, I know you can have TiVo now, and I mm-hmm. love TiVo to death, but I mean, there's not, nothing as good as. Putting the old movie on on in fact Valley Girl. Remember the well Valley Girl. I know you know Valley Girl. Oh sure, absolutely. The first time I saw that was on video. I taped it off of um, cable, and until like five years ago, that was still the only copy of that movie I ever had was the original. Put that big boxy thing. Oh yeah, sure. (laughs) I took it to college with me. My my VCR player that my parents had and it ran on rubber bands and all this other stuff. When I I remember when I took it in to get it fixed one time. it cost me like two hundred dollars to get it fixed. I mean, can you imagine spending two hundred dollars to <laughs> fix a VCR? Print of the movie from the director. I know. Well, what's really sad is remember back then when VCRs first came out, movies weren't. I mean, nowadays you can go buy a VCR movie for three bucks, yeah. four bucks. Back then, when you, if you wanted to buy a movie that had just been released, you would pay seventy, oh, yeah. eighty bucks. Oh yeah. And this is embarrassing, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead. Gonna say say it. Tell the us first you. movie that my parents decided to buy. And spend eighty dollars on is can't stop the music with the village people. Oh my god! And to this day, they've lost the copy. <laughs> they've lost the copy, and they still claim that I still somehow have it at my house. Like I borrowed it from them, and then I won't give it back. Are they gonna let you? Like you're gonna knock on their door? They're not gonna let you in the house. I don't know. You've just I, said his- <laughs> if you bring up the village people, they'll bring up. Have you ever found our copy of Can't Stop the Music? Why don't so, you buy them a new copy? Now? You could probably well, get it on be- eBay or Amazon for thirty nine cents. Actually, no. You'd be surprised. That thing goes for like 50, 50 bucks. Now. It goes. It's it's expensive. I, I'm hoping they'll come out on DVD and I'll just get it to for them and say, here you go. Stop asking me about that it. That would be nice. That would be what a good song Can't stop do. the music. Right now, they're cringing listening to this podcast I going, can't I can't believe you brought it. up that. <laughs> Sorry. Well, all right. Give us some other things that were made in the 80s. Uh, me? Yeah. Well, uh, uh, disposable contact lenses. Well, that's cool. <laughs> Without those, I would never have been able to play football. 1987. Yeah. So I wear, I wear these really thick glasses normally. Yeah. 
I, mean, I remember hearing, I didn't wear contact lenses then. I, I, I only wore them for a brief time. I, they don't agree with me. But I remember people telling me that before disposable ones that they were just like these gigantic, weird, <laughs> creepy, thick wedges that they would put over their eyes. I, I don't really know. But um, what was your experience with contact lenses, Steve? Um, I remember they were really expensive. I think they were about $200 a pair when they first came out. And so it goes with technology. Everything yeah, at I first mean, is so expensive. Dude, you just wait like my family I know. did. Well, I mean, you can get everything much cheaper a decade later. What, um, it was just one of the strange things. They cost, and if you lost them, then another $200. I think you actually could buy insurance for your contact lenses back then. So if you lost them, you would only have to pay $10 to replace them, which is silly now because, of course, you can buy a, like, a whole year's worth for 30 bucks if you want. I know. I, that's what I have. Yeah. Well, we sure have come a long way since then. Um, if we put kids today now on our old, archaic, weird uh, video games and uh, made them use our big clunky car phones and, and use all this quote-unquote technology that we had back then, which was the best ever. Yeah, ever. <laughs> it was Let's from can we go back. No internet back then, so no where you're searching the show would have been five times harder. No internet. Before we go to our next break, here's another trivia question for you. Okay. Okay. What popular online service first sprang to life in 1989? 1989. Think about that for a few seconds and we'll be right back. Okay, I'm going to guess CompuServe. Wrong again. (laughs) Peter O'Toole. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you like the desert? Because it's clean. No, it's uh, America Online. And I was oh, actually one of the kidding. charter. I was actually one of the charter members. Wow, la di da. I know. Me and about a couple thousand other people. I remember I used to write stories about when they hit the big. We're at the big two thousand member mark. We're at the big ten thousand member mark. And I mean, of course, now they're up at about the. What year was that? Eighty nine. Wow. They had some other. They were before they were. They were known as Apple Link. But um, there's some other ones that were preceded them. Uh, Prodigy came before America Online. Genie came out before. I believe CompuServe actually did come out before America Online. But unfortunately, it's America Online that we're stuck with. So hmm. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> it's not my fault. But anyway, well, time to wrap it up for this week. And uh, although technology may have marched on, uh, Gene and I remain hopelessly stuck in the 80s. 